0: What's up everyone and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In episode 17 of Roots of Humanity, I talked to Maria Solko about what it's like to survive in the coldest place on earth. With an informative social media presence showing life in Yakutia, Maria walks us through the differences between Yakutia and Siberia and how the ethnic and cultural roots of the Far East differ from Moscow's Russia.
1: It's like a different country. The climate, the people, the culture, the food, it's, it's very different.
0: How do people grow food when permafrost makes the ground infertile? What does horse meat taste like and why is eating it in the heart of Yakutia a tradition? tune in to hear about my recent trip to russia in the dead of winter my experience taking an ice bath and what it means to be a mom in the most remote unheard of place in our world thanks for tuning in and let's get into it hi maria how are you
1: hi i'm good how are you
0: it's so good to see you again
1: yes i'm so happy to see you
0: when, when was i there in february so that was like Six months ago? Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, yeah, six months ago.
0: Wow. I, I often think about Yakutsk. I mean that place is so surreal and so <laughs> beautiful. It was such a fun trip. What are your good memories of that trip?
1: Well it was really nice to see you and Amar. You are guys so different <laughs> from everyone I know and I was really glad just to be with you.
0: Is different a good or a bad thing?
1: A uh, good, good, of course good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so cool
0: i I mean i just when i close my eyes i can just see those trees that are like completely frozen and the permafrost and going in underground and those beautiful ice sculptures and riding on that little slide thing in the park and uh, of course jumping in the the ice bath with uh, mr walrus
1: for me i've never i've never done ice bath like this is crazy (laughs) but this is something that so many tourists do
0: do you think people from yakuza saw my video
1: uh maybe some Maybe some, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know.
0: Ironically, tomorrow I'm going to uh, film a video in the world's hottest city. Wow. It's called Jahra. It's in Kuwait, which is a country in the Arab world. It's next to Qatar and Dubai. So it's pretty funny that like I did the world's coldest city and now the world's hottest city in one year. So hopefully I find... Somebody as nice as you to take me around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is the hottest that was registered in that city?
0: I think it was one time 56 degrees uh, Celsius, which is like 150 Fahrenheit. But now it's like 52 or 53 when I go. Oh my God,
1: this is is very hot. (laughs) What about in Yakutsk right now? In Yakutsk right now is around plus 30 degrees Celsius and in fahrenheit i don't really know like 90 that's
0: like that's really hot
1: yeah this summer it was very hot actually
0: so is there still ice on the ground like the permafrost
1: yes permafrost is like permanent ice
0: it doesn't melt
1: it melts slowly but there is still ice on our ground
0: do people in like really struggle when it's so hot because that that's like too hot
1: no we enjoy (laughs) we love summer like after such a cold winter i think people in yakutia value summer more than other people in this world
0: i think so i watch your instagram and you're always doing like family dinners and lunches and hanging out in the countryside like it looks like a happy life
1: yes it's like summer it's our um, i don't know like dessert <laughs> like the sweet thing in our life you know <laughs> because in winter it's so cold and we don't spend that much time outside and in summer we try to spend as much as we can outside because it's warm it's nice and we can enjoy the sun and life
0: i remember like in the in the, in the winter like the moment you walk outside and you breathe in it like hurts your chest oh. <laughs> Oh, it hurts my chest. Maybe not yours. <laughs> I'm happy to see you, like, still putting up content on Instagram. And I encourage you to also post on YouTube because it's people are so interested in, in Yakutsk.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy that people want to know more about our city. Not only about the cold climate, but also about its culture, people, and lifestyle.
0: On that same note, I want to dig a little deeper into the culture of Yakutsk because... You know, for those who haven't, haven't seen the video, it's a fascinating place in northeastern Russia or Yakutia. I don't know. Some people say it's Siberia. If you look on Wikipedia, it shows that Siberia is like all of that land. But actually, it's Yakutia, which is a different region. And the population is around 300,000 people.
1: In the city, yes. But in Yakutia, it's around 1 million people.
0: But, but Yakutia is huge.
1: Ecuador is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's like five Frances.
0: Five Frances. Wow. It's
1: big. It's bigger than Argentina. That's
0: <laughs> wild. So when you think about like one million people living in Argentina, it doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, a <laughs> lot of people. So I want to talk about the culture. Like you, tell me about what it was like to grow up there. What are your memories as a kid? Like, was it safe? What kind of food did you eat? Just talk about life in Yakutsk a little bit.
1: Um, so I was born in the village, in, y- in just an ordinary Yakutian village. And most time of my life I spent in our like, ethnic group. You know, even though we are part of Russia, our ethnic group is different. And our culture, language, our lifestyle, our mentality, it's, it's very different. So when I was a little kid, I didn't know that in other places, winters are warmer. And I di- of course, I didn't know that our land is the coldest inhabited place in the world. For me, it was just normal. And I thought that it's normal to come back from school and to have, you know, <laughs> frostbites <laughs> on your cheeks. <laughs> to I I thought that it was normal to, you know touch the heating radiators with your hands to warm up. I don't know, maybe because it's so cold, um, the community of people here are closer to each other. We support each other a lot, and that is not something about in other places in the world. I, I don't say everywhere, but in some other places, especially in the cities, people are a bit far from each other, you know? We like to Gather all together. We because our life was all about um, farming. We work a lot, and we also help each other with working.
0: What kind of food do people eat in Yakutsk?
1: Our traditional cuisine is mostly uh, meat and dairy. Like fruits don't grow in Yakutia because it's too cold. Vegetables they started. We started to grow vegetables all year long only just a few years ago so in my childhood vegetables and fruits was something for feast maybe in winter it was just for new year
0: so you're saying that you only ate vegetables on like holidays as a kid as a kid yes that is uh, b- like bizarre yeah and you're yeah. so you're so skinny they tell us in, the, in america they're like you have to eat vegetables to lose weight Clearly <laughs> clearly not.
1: <laughs> fruits, it's something like you eat for holidays. It's it's nothing like that. We value it a lot. But now it's more available than in my childhood.
0: I don't think people quite understand that like in Yakus there's no vegetation. Like you can't grow vegetables because there's permafrost in the ground. So you can't like plant seeds of different fruits because it won't grow, right? So if you grow vegetables yeah. you have to do it indoors, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, most vegetables we should uh, grow in the greenhouses. Yeah, but we can plant some vegetables like potatoes. They, they grow well. But fruits, no. Like, fruits need warm climate and this is not about us. Like All fruits are imported from warm places.
0: I'll never forget that, that home that you took me to in the, in the countryside of Yakutsk. And that lady was the shaman. She was so sweet. She was amazing, yeah. and we went out to the lake and we um, saw her cows somehow there's cows living on ice, and then we went back and we, we saw how you guys keep the water. Could you talk about the process of preserving the the lake water?
1: yeah, so uh, the drinking water we prepare in October when ice is not that thick when the uh, the thickness of ice is around like fifty centimeters, and we collect this ice and leave it outside for winter. And then when we need a drinking water, we take this ice inside of our houses and it just melts. We boil it and drink it for tea, for soups and so on. And in winter, in in summer, when outside it gets too hot and ice can melt, we put it inside of a shed. Like we dig the ground and because our uh, ground is frozen during whole year it it will have negative temperatures and we keep ice under the ground until the next october <laughs> so and and in next october we will do it again so this is like circle wow of drinking water. and then i remember <laughs> um
0: like the sashimi what's it called
1: ah uh, it's traganina
0: so we went to the fish market uh this that fish market was so cool like you it's outdoors Okay, it's, I, I'm just explaining this to people who have n- no idea. The fish market is literally outdoors in the in the middle of the winter, minus 40 degrees, doesn't matter. There are these ladies working there wearing really thick boots and fur and they're just like smiling and they have a lot of breathing smoke and there's all this frozen fish. Some of them are really small, like the size of my hand and some of them are the size of my body. Like they're huge fish that weigh so much. And then... You just go there, you buy the fish, and then you take it to the house, which is what we did. And the man, he used this really sharp knife to cut, like, really thin slices off the fish. And you guys just eat it raw. You don't cook it, you just put salt and pepper on it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our traditional cuisine because um, outside it's so cold. In winter, when we catch fish, it freezes just immediately, just in a, in a few minutes it's totally frozen and because yakutia is so huge and so low populated the fish is ecologically pure and we can eat it just like this
0: and also one more thing about the the cuisine um i think the horses are really interesting to to most people in the world the horses are seen as like cute little animals and you know pets or you know people use horse for transportation they're just like a nice animal but in yakutsk they're food and they've been food for, for centuries and centuries. I actually tried it. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. It looks like when they, they is it, it's raw, right? It's raw horse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just looks like little pieces of bacon kind of before the bacon is cooked. Tell me about what the horse culture means to Yakutian people.
1: We value horses a lot because this is very tough um, animal. And in Yakutia, we have our special breed like Saha horses. Uh, they can live outside whole year long, even when it's minus 50. So, and they, uh, f- like cows, for example, need people to survive. We need to feed them, we need to water them and so on. But horses, they find their food by themselves. They dig snow and find uh, the grass from the last year and they eat it. And uh, they also eat snow instead of water and so on. And that's why they are very strong and they are not like for example bears Mm. or wolves they eat only grass so they don't have parasites just talking about the pure meat (laughs) and yeah it tastes good i mean
0: you guys have to live off what is given to you and and there's not much given to you as we talked about yes no fruits no vegetables
1: we don't have much food to eat and um because horses have such a wild lifestyle they die a lot because of the wild animals because of wolves and also because outside is so cold they they also well they die f- from it and horse breeders they know exactly which horse won't survive during winter and instead of dying from wild animals you know they they are slaughtered. Mm. and especially um foals like the baby horses um not all Uh, baby horses are slaughtered some of them left but even though some of them slaughtered they still die a lot even like the strong ones got it because winters are so harsh
0: yeah they really are harsh but they're beautiful at the same time so how does it feel to be from Yakutsk? like you've traveled overseas right
1: well i visited around 20 countries
0: amazing which ones are your favorites korea (laughs) me too
1: south korea yeah
0: (laughs) you're you're pretty close to south korea you just fly one flight to vladivostok and then one flight to seoul right
1: yeah i've been there two times
0: have you ever been to like a warm climate country
1: i've been to egypt and it was okay (laughs) like it, it i mean it wasn't too hot you know that's what i mean right and for because our summers are pretty hot I bear it. But I don't know about Kuwait. <laughs> I think that's too much. <laughs>
0: I'll send you a picture when I'm there and I'm sweating. Yeah. It's going to be 100, <laughs> 110 degrees warmer than than we were in oh, Yakutsk. Yeah. How do you feel like traveling to warm climate places like Egypt, but you're from Yakutsk? Like, do you feel different? Do you feel interesting? And also when you meet people and you tell them you're from Yakutsk, like, What do they say?
1: I'm really interested in being like in very, very hot place. But Egypt, maybe because I was near the sea, it was okay. It wasn't very, very hot for me. And uh, when I say to people that I am from the coldest city in the world, they are like oh no, how do you survive? And so on? (laughs) their reaction normally is like that. Like our country would be destroyed if it was like minus 50. (laughs) We live here and we, we don't survive. We have normal life. We prosper. We enjoy our life here.
0: That was like the moral of my story, what you just said. It's like people are so scared for you. Like how can you live? And is it so dangerous? But actually... A, it's very safe, and B, I was so shocked to see how normal it is. Like, there are so many cafes. It seems like there are hundreds or dozens of cafes. There are restaurants. There are bars. There are beautiful churches. There's even, like, a shisha bar where you can go and smoke shisha, and which is what me and Amar did, which was really fun. And there's hotels. I thought there would be, like, no hotels in Yakutsk, but there's several hotels, There's parks. So everything that you would find in Prague, which is where I am right now, everything that you would find in Prague, you can find in Yakutsk. And by the way, in Prague, I used to live here 10 years ago in the winter. It gets like minus 20 here in the winter, minus 25. So it also gets really cold here. And that was kind of part of my big realization is that Yakutian people are really humble and sweet and they live a normal life what is that summer festival that i keep seeing about in yakutsk
1: so this is our main holiday main traditional holiday which is called basically we celebrate uh summer we celebrate life with like our ancestors not everyone survived during cold winters because like 100 years ago it was totally different place and people who survived during winter they all gathered together to celebrate summer to finally like say whoo we did it like we enjoy <laughs> our life and it has a lot of rituals and this is all about our culture and really it's cul- i think it's culmination of our culture of our religion of something that we believe in you just need to be here to see it i think you should come <laughs> next next week next year <laughs> i do want to
0: come back actually i really want to come back it's, yeah. it's one of those places that just stick in your mind as like wow this is cool you know even yeah. after going to every country yeah. in the world i've never been to a place anything similar to yakutsk yakutia i want to go to uh, omia Khan, is that what it's called yeah have yeah. you been there
1: no i haven't it's a 900 kilometers from where i live
0: yeah so for people listening omyakon is actually the coldest inhabited settlement it's not really a city it's very small but it's colder than yakutsk and it's like you have to drive for what two or three days to get there yeah and it's also dangerous because if your car breaks down in the winter you're gonna die yeah but i do want to go check out omyakon so maybe next time but I also want to see Yakutsk in the summer. So maybe I'll have to take two more trips, one to Omyakon in the winter and one to Yakutsk in the summer. I want to say one more note on how different the culture is in Yakutia versus like Western Russia, because so many people think Russia is like Moscow and St. Petersburg. But in reality, like it takes nine hours to fly there. It's, it's a different world. When you go, have you been to Moscow or St. Petersburg?
1: Yes, yes, I've been to.
0: How different does it feel to you?
1: it's it's like a different country like it's totally different the people's behavior of course the language is still the same but the the climate the people the culture the food it's it's very different from where where i live
0: and and i think so too i went to st petersburg after yakutsk or after yakutsk i went to vladivostok and then irkutsk which was amazing and then novosibirsk And then I went to St. Petersburg and it's so crazy to me how big Russia is. And you guys are just so, so many ethnic groups, so different. And the nature is wonderful. Like Lake Baikal. Have you been to Lake Baikal? Not yet. You have to go to Lake Baikal. It's fantastic. It's the deepest freshwater lake in the world. Uh, And it was frozen when when I was there and it's only frozen for like three weeks out of the year. And we were lucky to get th- those three weeks. So yeah, I'm definitely going to come back. So hopefully we can, you, we can do something different yeah. when I come back.
1: We are waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> also, a note yeah. on
0: Yakuz. Everybody, I mean, a lot of people think that it's so remote and so strange place. But look at you. You have like perfect Wi-Fi right now.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I have a microphone. <laughs> and, you ha- and you have
0: a microphone and a camera set up. I've, I've, I've spoken with maybe 15 people on this podcast and at least half of them have had like major wifi problems. And a lot of them are in like civilized countries and civilized cities, but and big cities. But here you are in Yakusk streaming perfectly, and uh, it's pretty amazing. Tell me about like personal life. So I know, congratulations on having a baby. That's really exciting.
1: Yeah, thank you. How's that been, being yes. a
0: mom? I, you have two kids or one kid? Yes, I have two and kids. I'm sure that keeps you pretty busy, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, especially at night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of your newborn?
1: Mitchell. It's a Yakut name and it means smile, joy.
0: In English, we have a word like Mitchell. It's the same name?
1: No, it sounds similar, but it's different.
0: But how do you spell that in English?
1: M-I-C-H-I-L.
0: If he ever travels to like the US, people will call him Mitchell for sure. (laughs)
1: Mitchell. Okay, sounds American.
0: I have two friends named Mitchell, but they go by Mitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mitch. Mitch.
0: Mitch. Yeah, how is Mitchell? Is he, what, three, four months old?
1: Yes, he's very good. He is uh, smiling and now he started to turn. (laughs) He's not only just laying.
0: Are you going to teach him English and Russian and Yakutian? He'll know three languages?
1: I will teach him his mother tongue, Yakut first. And only then Russian and English. As my oldest son, he, he talks Yakut now. I'm
0: so amazed how your English is so good. It's like, clearly you put <laughs> in a lot of effort to study, to to learn. It's it's amazing.
1: Thank you. It's so always nice to hear it from a native.
0: <laughs> so at one point you were doing YouTube a lot. I mean, obviously you have two kids now, so it's hard to keep it up. But do you still plan to, to continue doing YouTube? Because I hope you will keep making stories to share with, with the world.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I have uh, a lot of ideas about my future videos and also thanks to you. You inspired me a lot with your passion, with your um, creativity about how to do it. And yeah, like I'm going to make a new videos about how we live here and especially about like, everyday life probably because there are so many things which are probably only about living in a cold place only about living in yakutsk and also about our culture language so if you are interested welcome to my life in yakutia yeah so
0: please tell people how they can find it it's just life in yakutia the name
1: yes uh if you want to know more um, on YouTube, my channel is called Life in Yekutia and on Instagram and in Telegram. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> Do you ever plan to live somewhere else or you're very happy in Yekutia?
1: Yeah, for now, we, we we are here and we plan to live here unless something. But let's not
0: talk about <laughs> it. We, we don't
1: <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Yet. We're not talking <laughs>
0: politics on this podcast, which is kind of a refreshment yeah. because there's too much yeah. of it happening yeah. right now. Is there anything we missed about Yakutian in life or culture that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? What's the religion?
1: Our religion is called Ayy It's basically believing in nature. We believe that nature is something alive, that it has spirits. And we feel ourselves as not owners of this land, but as a part of this land. And we always remember that nature is stronger than us. And, you know, we should... Respect it. We should save it, and this our culture is all about that.
0: The people—they're not like Catholic or anything.
1: Uh, some people are Orthodox, like the Russian Church. But mo- like I'm talking about Yakut people. Yakut people, most of them believe. So they're mostly just
0: spiritual people, kind of like the lady that we went to her house. She was like a shaman. Yeah.
1: Yes, I I really believe in that, and mo- maybe because. Our land, it's so remote still, and it's so unpopulated. It's so far from civilization. Like Our forests are very wild. You can feel it like someone's presence. <laughs> and when you are in the forest, you should not speak loudly. You should be humble and you shouldn't think something bad you know there are many like things that you should follow this is our religion
0: what's the name of it again
1: Ayu talk
0: about languages i mean yakutia is a fascinating language and it sounds nothing like anything i've ever heard of before in my life
1: <laughs> yes uh we sp- we have our own language which is called saha saha or yakut language and it actually belongs to turkic group of languages It's similar to Turkish, but it sounds very different. And yeah, this is my first language. First, I I spoke Saha and then I learned Russian uh, when I went to school.
0: Amazing. Maria, it's been a wonderful conversation to talk about Yakutsk, to relive some of the moments I had there six months ago. And I hope that people out there are introduced to your lovely world and just know that there's a very happy life of smiling people even your son is named smile that that just proves that the people (laughs) in Yakutsk are extremely happy so thank you for your time and i look forward to seeing you again very soon
1: thank you very much for inviting me and i'm very very happy to see you again
0: (laughs) take care be safe
1: see you bye bye
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week